here. Um, and it's relative to you, your personal life, and it's also relative to the region that you live in. Did you know that your calling is not only, uh, is, it's not just uh, specific to you and your personal life because it's all about you? It's, it's, it's a really awesome thing that God has called each one of us by his power and virtue and given us a call and given us an assignment. But he's not called and, and anointed us and appointed us and blessed us so that we can just say, look at the blessing on me. But he's called us to be blessed and to recognize our assignment because he's put us in a geographical location to use that blessing that's on us to enforce the kingdom of God, to be an example of the kingdom of God, to rule and reign through Jesus Christ. And so there's a specific assignment, I believe, on each of your lives. And there is an assignment uh, that's, that's directed to you personally. And then there's an assignment that's directed to you regionally because of the place that you're living in. And uh, the Lord has been dealing with us, as I know he is, I believe, the church at large. The church is awakening. And as dark as things are in the world... The light and the glory of God is shining brighter than it ever has. And if you look at the darkness, you'll be confused. And if you look at what's going on in the natural, you'll think that that's the only thing going on. But if we'll look to him and look to his word and look and see, uh, like the prophet said, the Lord said, tell me what you see. What do you see? And there's even an account where, where the prophet was asked to go and to look and tell what he saw. He was looking for rain and he saw no rain. And he was sitting back how many times? Seven times to see what was there. The Lord asked him, what do you see? I have to think that the Lord was trying to get him to look in the right direction. <laughs> And if you and I are going to fulfill our assignment and our part in, in the body of Christ, we have to be looking the right direction. Because if we're looking the right direction, you can have two people in the same room and one person can see uh, great things and the other person can just see like it's over. Kind of like uh, when the children of Israel were sent in to take the promised land, there were many sent in, but only two came back saying, we can do this. <laughs> Everyone else was saying, it's over. We're, we're like uh, grasshoppers in their sights. They're giants and we're small. We can't do this. We can't take this on. But then there were others who said, give me this mountain. They said, our God is well able. Amen. And so our God is well able. He's already put us over, but he's going to continue putting us over in this life to establish his kingdom in the earth so that the end can come. Amen. And so we're living in some really serious times, but it's exciting times. It's really exciting. And I'm so thankful for uh, the place that's been made here, this room. I really like this room. But you know what I really, really, really like? I love even more is the room within the room. The room within this room that's been made in the spirit. You can tell when a place has been made for the Holy Spirit to flow. And I'm telling you, a place has been made here. 
because of a man and a woman's obedience and other men and women's obedience to step up and say, I'll be a part of what God's doing. I'll bring my supply to what the plan of God is. I recognize my peace and I'll bring my part and a room is made. And so there's a room that's been made here to get some things done. And I'm excited just to be a part of it today. How about you? Praise God. So we've been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit this morning about our authority in prayer. And as we discussed already, that authority is not something that's taken. Authority is given. Authority is given. Have you ever been in a work environment where someone tried to take authority that wasn't theirs? If you have your coworkers here, just don't look to the left or the right. <laughs> and they try to, they see something that needs to be done, and that needs uh, just that just needs to change. It's got to change, and I'm gonna do something about it, I'm gonna say something about it, but it's not their place. It could be the right thing, but they haven't been given authority. Well, you and I have been given authority, authority in the earth. And so this authority that's been given to us through Jesus, first of all, authority has been given through Jesus over all the power of the enemy. He, he said to his disciples, behold, I give you power. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power. There were great works being done through his ministry, but he didn't say, Oh, look at me. He said, No, now I give you power. I give you authority. I give you a responsibility to do the same thing that I'm doing in your life, in your world, in your realm of influence. And so Jesus has given you authority in your realm of influence. Say that. Say, Jesus, Jesus has given me has given authority, me authority in, my in my realm of influence. And what is that realm of influence? I believe it starts in the home. Your realm of influence is in your family life, is within your marriage, is within, with your children, is with those connected with you. You have been given authority to rule and to reign, not in a domineering way, but in the spirit through his authority. And his authority is not a controlling, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a perverted uh, uh, interpretation that the enemy puts on this where people begin to operate in a spirit of control where they are trying to cause their desire and it could even be a good desire but in the flesh start to try to make their desire come to pass in a situation in their realm of influence uh, but the way that we exercise our authority in our realm of influence is by following the word of God we do that through our words. We do that through using our authority. Well, how do we use our authority in the kingdom of God? Well, everything in the kingdom of God is activated by what? Words. 
So we use our authority by using our words and taking authority over situations that need to be taking authority over. So number one, authority is given through Jesus over all the power of the enemy. And secondly, authority is granted by the Holy Spirit for earthly assignments pertaining to his plan. And so we see here that there is a authority that's given to us by covenant right. Based on the covenant that Jesus made with us, we were brought into fellowship. We were brought into union with him. And so through that fellowship, we have an authority in our covenant. And in our covenant, we have a right of all that Jesus paid for is ours. And so we have the right to tell sickness, go. To tell disease, flee. When a spirit of strife is coming in your home, to say, strife, I bind you. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Devil, I bind you. When you see the devil operating. (laughs) Shakarabobo. I'm thinking of lots of stories I could tell them myself. Praise the Lord. But when you see, see it uh, operating, I bind you in Jesus' name. You can say it under your breath. You don't have to be loud for spirits of strife and any influence to obey you. You just speak. You just speak. You just speak. Strife, I bind you. I take authority over you. In Jesus' name, I will not allow you to operate here based on my covenant right. All the law hangs on this one law, and that's love. So I won't tolerate you in my presence, in my marriage, in my home. Strife, you are bound. Because where strife is, there is every evil work. So I've got the authority to shut that door because of my covenant. I have the authority to shut the door on sickness. I have the authority to shut the door on poverty. I have the authority to shut the door because of the covenant on anything that is not relative to my covenant in the finished work of Christ. Amen? Amen. So we have covenant authority that's been given. And this other authority that's granted by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit, I want you to turn with me to Acts, the first chapter, this authority is not so much in uh, connection. It is still, it's all connected with the covenant. But to separate it, to show a different emphasis, this authority is granted by the Holy Spirit for earthly assignments pertaining to his plan. Do you believe God has a plan for your life? Amen. He has an earthly assignment for you to fulfill. And you're fulfilling it. You're fulfilling it by being here today. You're fulfilling it every time you show up for church. You're fulfilling it every time you obey God. You're fulfilling your earthly assignment every time you follow a command in the word of God or a spoken command to your heart. You're fulfilling your assignment. When I went to Bible school, I was 18 years old. It was just a few years ago. That was a little bit of a big laugh, y'all. It was a few years ago, plus 10 or more. So when I went to Bible school, I had really only seen one picture of what it would look like for me as a woman to fulfill my call. At that time, I had sang in church like 
these did here this morning so beautifully. And I had opportunities to speak and exhort the people. Uh, but when I would exhort, I would just crumble. Like I would cry or I would just lose it. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't have the boldness. And so I was very comfortable singing. So when I went to Bible school, I just thought, I'm going to Bible school. I'll be married. And I'll probably marry an evangelist. And I'll sing for my husband. Because that was the format, that was the picture I had seen. You know, the woman sings and she sits down and the husband does the preaching. As you can see, that's not working out well here. <laughs> Believe me, he can preach. Uh, but, but God had to prepare me for something other than what I saw. He had a plan beyond my realm of perception at that time. He had a different idea than I had. But I had to perceive that and receive that from him. And I had to do that by the Holy Spirit, by, um, we're going to get into that. So there's, there's a, a plan, a specific plan for you, and that plan will come. As we obey him, it will be revealed. Say that. Say, as I obey, as I obey. It, will be it will be revealed. And so it comes step by step. So while I'm at Bible school, um, now I grew up in a spirit-filled home, and what I mean by spirit-filled is Pentecostal. Now, I mean like Southern Pentecostal, not like no makeup and buns. I mean like just like we know how to at church. And so, um, so that's how I grew up. So I grew up just from the time I almost that I could speak, being around in prayer meetings and prophecy and uh, the gifts of the spirit. And, and I prayed in tongues. I don't even remember when I officially was filled. I just grew up. It was my second language. <laughs> And so, I've never said it that way before, but it was. It still is. And um, so that was very normal to me to pray in the Spirit. And so, um, I'm attending Bible school, and while I'm there, the Holy Spirit just in life, I knew because of my upbringing, I knew how to respond to Him. Now, there were a lot of other things I still had to learn, but there was one thing I learned in the Pentecostal church and that was how to respond to the Spirit of God. Respond to Him. When He moves on you, respond. When you sense that you need to pray, pray. When you sense you need to shout, shout. When you sense you need to sing, sing. When you sense Him, move, yield to Him. I knew that's one of the few things I knew really well how to do was to love Jesus and yield, which that'll get you really far if we'll just learn how to yield to Him. So one day I was in my apartment, and all of a sudden I just felt like I have to pray. Like I really need to pray. I've got to pray. I need to pray now. So I go into my closet. I kicked all the shoes back. I got on the floor, and I began to just yield to the Holy Spirit. I had no idea what I was praying about, but I was praying in my heavenly language, praying in the Spirit, speaking in other tongues, and I prayed until... I prayed until there was a release. And in that process of prayer, the Lord moves differently with all of us. But I like to say this because people are so afraid of emotion. And emotion is not a bad thing, especially when you're shut up in your prayer closet. Sometimes people will begin to pray in the spirit. And as soon as there's any emotion, they just back off because they don't know what to do with it. 
and their mind starts going tilt. What's wrong with me? Why am I crying? We don't have to know. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about being filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be able to figure it out and, and explain it and put it into a thesis what's happening. He knows what's happening. And there are things that are higher. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his ways are higher than our ways. So there's a certain trust that comes with yielding to the Holy Spirit in prayer. So I'm still in the closet praying in the Holy Ghost. And as I was praying in the Spirit, I prayed until all of a sudden I saw something. I saw a picture. And the picture that I saw, I was preaching. Not in front of 10 or 50 people, but a lot of people in another nation at that. And I said, well, Lord, you know I can't do that. You've seen me break down and cry at my dad's church. You know, and, and, but in the, at the same time, my head's saying one thing, but my spirit's saying yes, yes. But my head's saying I can't, but my heart's saying yes, yes, yes. And it was in that place that the Holy Ghost revealed to me his assignment in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. I could have locked on to, I'm at Bible school, I'm going to find me a man, an evangelist. And I, there were many opportunities. I could have gotten married many times and could have lived my life short of the call of God had I not yielded to the Holy Ghost and so the Holy Spirit has things he wants to reveal to us. And so back to Acts concerning your earthly assignment. And so the way that, that they received their earthly assignment in Acts 1 verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power. The Amplified says ability, efficiency, and might. I like to call this power your equipment. It's your equipment to do the job. My husband uh, has a tree company. We own a tree servicing company. And so they remove large trees and large amounts of trees in some cases. And if you don't show up with the right equipment, you could be there for months doing a job that would take a week. You can't show up to take out a redwood tree without a really big chainsaw. It has to be fueled. It has to be powered. It has to be the right equipment. And we've been given equipment in the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Ghost was their equipment. You shall receive power. He is the equipment. He equips us for the call, the Holy Ghost. Ability, efficiency, and might. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends or the very bounds of the earth. And so this authority for our assignment is granted by the Holy Ghost, and it is granted for geographical locations. Now I'm going to read some things that, that I believe the Holy Spirit gave me specifically, and this was a, a couple months ago that I received this from the Lord. And I sensed that it was for D.C., but I thought I was going to be doing something very different here this weekend. Um, but then things worked out for us to be here. And so last night I was going through my notebooks, and I found this, and he said, it is for D.C., and it's for now. 
So this authority, these places which are granted in God are distributed based upon the level of responsibility proven through our faithfulness. Proven through our faithfulness. In Zechariah, the the third chapter, the seventh verse, it talks about places that are granted to us, places to walk in that he grants to us. And so places are granted to us through our faithfulness of walking with the Lord. If you have children, there's certain things you're not going to give them at the age of three. My husband, um, he and I both were single for a lot of years, so he was the fun uncle in his family. I was the fun aunt in my family. You get to do that when you're single and you don't have kids. And so he likes to be creative with gift giving. It's kind of a grace, not kind of. It is a grace on his life. And so one year he decides he's going to show up uh, to the Christmas gathering. There's nine grandchildren on his side. And how many are boys? Six of them are boys, and they ranged from the age of, uh, at that time, three to maybe 12. Maybe, maybe 12. And so Darren, in his excitement, he found these Bowie knives at Walmart. (laughs) And he thinks, now this is going to make me fun uncle for life. Now, they were, it was a toy Bowie knife, but nevertheless, it was a Bowie knife. So fun Uncle Darren shows up with Bowie knives, and the the kids begin to unwrap them, and you should have seen the parents' faces. They were mortified because they know they're going to have to do damage control now. What are we going to do with these Bowie knives? Well, he's still, he made history. He's still funnest uncle ever, and they love that he gave them Bowie knives when they were way too young to be having them. But that wasn't, that wasn't his purpose. He just wanted to, to bless them and have fun. Uh, but there's just some things you're not going to give your kid, you know, before they're able to use it because you love them. And so there are certain things in our life that God's not going to give us until we're able to operate in those places with responsibility and with faithfulness. Faithfulness is a qualifier for the will of God for you and I. Faithfulness is a qualifier for moving forward. You know, sometimes people, we get frustrated. I've been places where I was frustrated with where I was at in my ministry life and my call. And I had to be faithful where I was at if I wanted to go to the place that I saw in my heart. You know, when I was in that closet as a Ramah student and I have that revelation that I'm going to be preaching and I don't know how, the Lord didn't give me a manual step by step on how to get there. I had to begin to obey God With every move, with every season, whatever he said to do, and until he gave me more instruction. And, you know, sometimes the instruction you get is just, for me, it was travel with the singers and band. Serve Brother Hagen. Well, that was nine years. Now I was receiving instruction all along the way. Some things I did really well with and some things I did not. And I had to prove myself faithful. I had to, those things that I kept missing, I had to eventually get right. But faithfulness is a qualifier for these things. One Sunday, I was at the church. uh, I was leading worship for my church for quite a few years. And this was after I traveled with Brother Hagen. And I'm during one of the rehearsals, I'm having a conversation with the Lord. Now I'm leading the band, but I'm not there. Does that make sense? 
Have you ever been in like a staff meeting and you're talking and you look like you're engaged, but you are like on the other side of the planet? Well, that's, I was in another place that day because some things had been going on. And I just, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm done. Like I am beyond this. Now, I know y'all never, ever said things like this to the Lord. Lord, I am, I am so beyond this. Like, like I've been here. I've been there. I've done this. I've done, I, I'm just done with this. Can I just be done with this? Because there were situations with people. Can you imagine that? And I just, you know, personality stuff and just me trying to, to be right in my right place and right heart and fulfill my call and serve another man's vision and all these things. And I said, Lord, I'm just, I'm just I want to be done. And so nobody knows I'm saying this but me and the Lord. And so while I'm saying this to him, he shows me somebody. He said, you see this person? I said, yeah. He said, you know they have a call on their life. I said, yes, Lord. He said, but you know they're not fulfilling it. I said, yes, Lord. He said, this is the same test that they did not pass. And I'll take it a step further. And this is online. <laughs> it was family. And they said this. And then he, he showed me some other people. There was one person in particular. He said, and this person too. Do, do you see them fulfilling their call? No, Lord. Well, this is the test they didn't pass. And if you want to fulfill the plan of God, there are just some tests we're going to have to decide we're willing to pass. Jesus passed the biggest test of all. And if we look at our test and we think that it's too great, compared to what he's done, compared to what he had to lay down, we will never we will never experience the pain or the sacrifice that he had to pay so that we could do our call. <laughs> Amen? Amen? It's, oh, it's so small. It's so small what we have to face. It's so small. Oh, but you say it's so big. No, it's perspective. It's so small compared to the heavenly reward that's ahead of us. This earthly uh, pace, this battle, this place that you find yourself in, whatever you're facing, it is so small compared to what is to come. It is so small compared to the heavenly re reward that is awaiting you and I's obedience to lay our down, our all for whatever the call, to stay in the place he's called us to to pray as he's telling us to to exercise our dominion in our, our realm of influence and be who he's called us to be it is not too small there's no act of obedience too small for the call for him there's nothing that he doesn't want to do for you and I but he wants to see what are we willing to do what are you willing to lay down? Regina, that day the Lord was saying, are you really going to let this moment stop you in your tracks? Are you so important? Are your feelings so important? That you can't lay yourself down for me? And he comes and he says these things, and it's a good thing because he's, he's saying, come on. 
He's saying, come on, we got work to do. I need you. You need me. My obedience affects you. Your obedience affects me. Tim's, Pastor Tim's obedience affects you. If he hadn't obeyed God, where would you and I be right now, today? God would be faithful. He would have his way. But we have to say yes to the call and yes and obey. Hallelujah. Darren, I want you to share that story. There's a, there's a minister out of Arkansas, and uh, he shared this with us. I've not barely gotten into my notes. Um, and this, this has transformed our life. And it's, it's transformed your life. So just, sh- just share that with them because it goes right in line with what we're, where we're at right now. So there was a, a minister out of Arkansas. His name is Pastor Happy Caldwell. And he was a, I don't know if he was a minister at that time. I believe he was. He's a pastor. Pastor. And he tells the background. I couldn't begin to tell everything, but he grew up poor. <coughs> grew up taught to watch the money, be frugal. I mean, you watch every penny that you spend. And so he, as he grew older, that transferred on to his adult life. So when he would buy suits, um, he would always look for the best deal, do everything he could to do the same, save money. That way, you know, you do that. So one day the Lord came to him and he said, he said, happy, he said, I want you to buy a suit like the rich man. He said, he thought about it, and he said, well, Lord, I don't, how does, a, how does a rich man buy a suit? I don't know how they buy suits. I know I buy suits, but I don't know how they buy suits. So the Lord didn't tell him anything beyond that. So he said, well, I'll go to where I like to buy suits, and I'll, as I'm looking, I'll try to find somebody that looks rich, watch them, see how they do it. Maybe I can find somebody. So he went to the store and he found somebody that he believed to be rich, watched him the whole time, and he noticed he never looked at the price tag. He just found what he liked. Somebody helped him, got it altered, went to the counter, paid for it, never looked at the tag. Well, Brother Happy, if you've ever heard this, when you go to a restaurant, he orders from the right side of the menu, where the prices are. Then order from the left, Get what you want, you order for the right, check the price, and then see what you can afford. So he was always taught to look at the price tag, look at look at the dollar amount. So he said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll try to do it like this gentleman that I saw. So he went to a different section of the store, found a seat that he liked. It was different than what he had bought before. So begins to get help with it, but he can't help himself when he looks at the price tag. And at that time, maybe back in the, I'm not exactly sure, maybe the 70s, some, somewhere around that time frame, um, he noticed that when he looked at the price tag, the price was $300. And immediately he said, Lord, he said, why would I buy one suit for $300? When I can buy six for three hundred, he had always bought his suits for fifty dollars at that time. He said that doesn't make any sense. I can have six or I can have one. Doesn't that? That didn't make sense to me. And immediately the Lord answered me. He said, "Happy." He said, "You can't buy a suit like the rich man." He said, "You can't build a church for me." 
if you can't build a church for me, you can't take a city for me. And then he said this. He said, if you can't take a city for me, he said, I'm going to have to find somebody else. A church costs way more than a suit. It wasn't about the suit. It wasn't about the dollar amount of the suit. But the Lord knew in him, he had to get that poverty mentality out of him because when it came time to build that church, and let's just say for a low, a low, low, low figure, let's just say it was $100,000. If he choked on three hundred, he was going to choke on 100000 so because the Lord knew down the road what he had to get him ready for, he had to get him ready and began to train him, began to um, not educate, expand him. began to expand him, the revelation of money on a suit. And Brother Happy said, Lord, the way that you say that makes me believe that I wasn't your first choice. He said, what number am I? He said, happy. He said, you're number seven. It took six people before you before I could find somebody to say yes. Thank the Lord if, if, if you know anything about Brother Happy. He did say yes. He bought the suit. He had a successful church in, in Little Rock, Arkansas built a television ministry, took his city for the Lord. It is an expanding beyond that, but it started with a simple suit to say yes, to buy it without consideration of the price upon the Lord's direction to go buy a suit like the rich man. Amen. And that'll be the thing you remember this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Whatever he says... Whatever he says to us, we do it. In Acts, the 17th chapter, the 26th verse, it says, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. I would just want to tell you this morning and remind you that God saw you before the beginning of time and he set the bounds of your habitation and the place of your their influence to be exactly where you are right now and he put you in this place for a purpose i believe i know it to be true that before the beginning of time before the foundation of this world there was a tim and the melody ostrom who would come together who would say yes to god and obey him in whatever he told them to do. And just like he saw them, he saw you and purposed you to be here for this time. And so I believe the Lord is asking us, what will you do with the place I have given you? What will you do with the habitation, the place of influence I have put you in? Jeremiah 29, 7 says, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Now, we've not been carried into exile, but this applies. And he says, Pray to the Lord for it. 
Pray to the Lord for your city, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. In 1 Timothy, the second chapter, the first and second verse, it talks about, first of all, we are to pray for those who are in authority, for kings, for leaders, for all of those who are in authority. Why? So that you and I can live a quiet and a peaceable life. I believe one of the major reasons the church, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. We're the church. And so, but one reason I believe this church exists is to influence this region. And we influence, you're influencing this region already through prayer. But it's not just one man's prayers. It's the prayers of the church. It's the collective prayers of you and I coming together that make powerful, a powerful force in the kingdom of God. And so we're to seek the peace of the city that we're in. We're to find our place, take our place of authority, and then operate in that as he leads us to. If he leads you to buy a suit, you buy a suit. If he leads you uh, to, to volunteer in whatever way, you volunteer. If he says, help Tim, you help Pastor Tim. Sorry, he's Tim. I'm getting used to calling him pastor. Um, then you just do what he says do. And the word of God says, if you will be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And so I'm just going to finish by reading this here to bring just a little more light to, to the, I believe, more the pointed purpose of why we're talking about uh, the plan of God this morning and this authority we have to walk in it. So I'm going to just read this and we will wrap this up. Uh, to assume a position of authority without legal authority is a crime. Access taken is burglary or theft. You cannot take places spiritually without being given access by God. And you, Anchor Faith Church, have been given access. You have been given a key to this city. You've been given a key through prayer for this region. Mm. You, you've already been given access to it. Covenantly, but you've been given access to it by the Holy Ghost. It's been granted. You cannot force your way into situations without his invitation. The spirit of witchcraft works this way. It is forceful and forges its own way to exert authority where it has no right, only an agenda to control. The God's way is authority Working through granted access, much like the military in high-level operations. High-level operatives are required to gain security clearance to access places, rooms, assignments, intelligence, and information, which if put in the wrong hands could cause major damage and even worldwide catastrophes. Even in the kingdom of God, there is rank and order. God is a God of order. To be moved up the ranks, we must value the assignments placed within our hands and treat them with the respect and instruction he has given us. If we implement our own agenda within the framework of his assignment, the agenda can be aborted. Assignments are hindered, stopped, delayed when instructions are not obeyed. Say, I'm obeying. I'm obeying, I'm obeying the assignment. I'm obeying. And so in Isaiah 1:19, it says that if we be willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. 
and we are willing and obedient today. Say, say, I am willing, and I am obedient, and I'm eating the good of the land. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Lord, it seems as though we stand in a place in time where there are specific instructions to be given. Some instructions have already been given and have already been received but not acted upon. Other instructions are yet outside of our reach because of a lack of consecration, forgiveness, and faithfulness to the king. But we align ourselves today and we say with all of our heart, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in me. Just while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if um, at, just as a sign of your faith, a sign of your commitment, a sign of your surrender to the plan of God, if that spoke to you, just a greater surrender, a laying down, I want you to just raise your hand as a sign of commitment to the Lord. We're not going to bring you forward. We're all going to just pray in this place. And Lord, we thank you for these that have raised their hands. Now let's pray this prayer. Say, Lord... I say yes to your plan. I say yes to your way. Do with me what you would have me to do. And I will take my place. And I will take my stand. And follow your commands. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Regina. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Well, uh, if you'll stand with me uh, real quickly, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and uh, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, uh, maybe even some of this is a, a very foreign to you um, with uh, heads bowed and eyes closed. Uh, I want you right now just to check in your heart, not your head, but look in your heart. Um, that's where the Lord speaks to you. Uh, faith is of the heart. You believe with the heart. He speaks to your heart, which is your spirit. And I want to ask each one right now, just examine your heart. What's the condition of your heart? You know, uh, to come to Christ, uh, you really can't clean yourself up enough, get holy enough, get perfect enough, but the flesh wants to do it, wants to perform, wants to say, okay, I'm going to do this so God will accept me. I'm going to do this so that God will talk to me and he'll be happy with me. And uh, maybe you're at the other end of that spectrum. Maybe you're just fighting and uh, uh, kicking and screaming and trying to go your own way. Uh, there is no peace in that kind of life. But with Jesus, he is the prince of peace. He brings peace wherever he's allowed to come in. And he will bring peace in your heart. Stillness in your heart that goes beyond your flesh and goes beyond what you can figure out in your head. He will bring a peace that passes all understanding. And from that place of peace, he will lead you and he will guide you. He'll give you strength. Uh, he'll give you hope. Maybe you're without hope. If you're here this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you'd like to come to Jesus, you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, I want you to slip up your hand. We want to pray with you and we want to pray for you. God loves you. And he has a plan for your life. Like Regina said, that maybe right now you catch a glimpse of it and it scares you. But with him, all things are possible. 
He will strengthen you. He will help you. He will hold you up. If that's you this morning, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Number two, if you're here this morning and uh, you've accepted Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, but uh, through circumstances of life, pressures, just busyness, uh, you kind of walked away from the Lord. He didn't leave you, but you walked away from him. And you feel in your heart, you need to come back this morning. You need to come back into the house of your Father God. Slip up your hand. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. And finally, number three, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you'd like to be, man, uh, the, Regina was talking about it, and um, you receive power after the Holy Spirit's come on you to be a witness. It'll change your life, change your tongue. You, know, you get a, a prayer language from the Lord. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, slip up your hand. I'm going to pray with you and pray for you. All right, Father, we love you so much. I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice that there would be a yieldedness to you and to your spirit to allow you to do deep on the inside of us what only you could do. Father, that each and every person lives their life 110% for you. In Jesus' name, amen.